Welcome to the Colonial Hills Podcast, a ministry of Colonial Hills Baptist Church. Hello everyone, I'm Pastor Ben and this is the Colonial Conversation. Uh, we had started the series on Sunday evenings, but felt like podcasting might be a better format for what we're trying to do here. Our goal is to have practical and helpful conversations with different guests about a variety of topics, uh, but obviously right now there is one topic on everyone's mind. So at least to start our conversations, we will be talking about the coronavirus, looking at this issue from a biblical perspective and seeing the different ways it is impacting us. Today, the focus of our time together is missions. I have with me here today Matt Barfield and Herb Gaines. Matt, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us about what you do, and when you're done, Herb, if you could do the same. Yes, I'm Matt Barfield. I serve as the Vice President of Field Ministries at IPM, International Partnership Ministries. And in as part of that role, I've been here at in Indianapolis the last three, almost four years, helping Colonial and IPM put together a program called Next Door Nations. And that's a program designed to help churches here in America reach the internationals that God's bringing here as part of fulfilling the Great Commission. Okay. So... Just to pause on that for a quick second, let's say I'm a pastor and I say, oh, yes, reaching the internationals, that's good, that's something I need to do. What resources are available for me right now? Well, the first thing I'd recommend, just because of what we've been able to figure out and do here so far, is that they go to Amazon.com and either buy uh, the Next Door Nations book on Kindle or paperback. Both are available. And that would give you a really good overview of what, what we've been able to discover so far. The last three years have kind of been like a laboratory where we've been saying, hey, how does this work? How do we do this? And trying to learn many different things. I'm learning a lot now through this uh, this social distancing way to minister to internationals in this environment. So um, there's a lot of things that we've learned in there that would help any church get started. And um, that would be a great place to get started. Okay, great. And then Herb, if you could tell us a little bit about yourself and your history with the church and with missions. Sure. I have, My name is Herb Gaines, and I have been at Colonial Hills Baptist Church since uh, 2003. Been in the ministry for over 25 years, and the last eight years, had the privilege of serving as facility superintendent at Colonial. And one of the joys that I've had is uh, over the last six years, we've been on five, four, excuse me, four mission trips to Haiti to serve with the Bowers in constructing some new churches and painting schools and churches and pastors' homes, and uh, just being a just being a help any way we can with the Bowers. Tim and Roseanne Bowers in uh, in Haiti. Yeah, that's been a, a really cool partnership. I was actually able to go on one of those mission trips, mm-hmm. and uh, it was an eventful mission trip, and we may have a chance to talk about that <laughs> a little bit later. But um, can you, Herb, as we get started, can you tell us a little bit about what the situation is like in Haiti right now for the Bowers? Well, uh, on March 21st, the president of, of Haiti declared a state of emergency in Haiti, much like many countries have done. And uh, so all of the airports, all the uh, shipping ports, uh, everything has been closed. Schools has been closed, um, just like, you know, much like here in the United States. Um, Haiti is a, um, uh, the poorest country in the Americas. Hmm. And that has just complicated things many times over. Uh, their sanitation is is uh, very lacking. In fact, two thirds of the population doesn't have access to decent uh, sanitation. Uh, I heard this week that there are only 100 uh, intensive care beds for over 10 million Haitians. Wow! So uh, their health care system is crumbling, and it's and it's very concerning uh, with a very um, uh, congested or 
uh, you know, population as uh, the population moves about. Yeah. How has this impacted the Bowers ministry there? And I think this is a concern as we think about our missionaries more broadly speaking. You know, we have missionaries in a lot of uh, third world countries. What is it like being a missionary right now trying to do missions in an environment like that? What threats does this pose to them? Um, what problems do they have to overcome? Maybe what opportunities do they have? Well, probably the best way that I can answer that is to share with you part of a letter that Tim and Roseanne uh, sent us about a week ago, and it really highlights some of their concerns. If you recall, in February of 2019, uh, there were political riots and um, uprisings throughout the country, very dangerous time. In fact, our yeah. The trip that you were part of, mm-hmm. our our team uh, left Haiti in the middle of our trip, as well as many volunteers, missionaries, healthcare workers vol- from all over the world uh, fled the country. Um, the country has been in turmoil ever since, and this only complicates matters at this point. Uh, the Bowers... Um, the Bowers expressed just some concerns that uh, um, that they had because the uh, the Haitian president uh, has announced that the coronavirus arrived in Haiti via two foreigners, mm. and and so it is um, not unusual if you are a foreigner to be to all of a sudden be part of the you're you're at fault. You're part to you're partly to be blamed, and so, for example, there was the Belgium lady that they say brought the virus into Haiti, uh, was from an orphanage, and very close to where the Bowers live, and um, uh, the the community actually were throwing rocks at this lady, and and the folks that at the orphanage, uh, they wanted to kill them. Hmm. That was what they were attempting to do. Now, this lady and, and other folks there at the orphanage escaped, and they are safe now. But um, what uh, 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 Tim and, um, and Roseanne have found is that their threats, there have been physical threats toward, toward them. And so uh, and that, that makes things very precarious. So it's very difficult for them to move around, and many people know who they are in that area. They've been there many years, almost 20 years. So um, uh, it's, it's just really been difficult. Uh, Tim even mentioned that in his letter that most healthcare workers abandoned their jobs because they're scared. Hmm. They don't have protective gear. I mean, we're struggling for that throughout our country, and they don't have that there. In fact, he mentioned that uh, they were told that in order to get tested for COVID-19, You'll call a number, they'll escort you to an ambulance, a by ambulance to a place to be tested, and it would cost $350 US. But in Haiti, there's another element here. Uh, Tim said that if a Haitian, um, and once your neighbors know that you have, ha- uh, have corona, uh, the coronavirus, they would want to kill you. Wow. And that is their solution. And that sounds, uh, it sounds maybe a little over the top. It would certainly not be the response of most here in our country, but in Haiti, that is very real. Yeah. So I remember uh, on my trip, you know, 
you, you hear stories about uh, third world countries, but you go over there and it just, it really does hit you how different, how different people think, how, how different people mm. think about life. Mm-hmm. You know, we went there and they talked about the fact that someone had just recently died on the road and people were just going on with their business as if nothing had happened. And that's mm-hmm. so different from what we're used to in a first world context and True. definitely want to keep them in our prayers. Um, anything that we can do to be a blessing, I mean, I'm sure just obviously prayer is, is the where our minds first go and that is the most helpful thing we can do. Is there anything else as far as reaching out to them? Um, I don't know if uh, what they're looking for, what, what what their plans are at this point. Are they just kind of hunkering down and trying to wait it out? Well, the Bowers right now are tentatively looking at uh, returning to the States um, um, on a furlough, a short furlough in the fall. Uh, but but uh, so that right now they are taking steps toward preparing for that and really measuring the situation there and meeting the needs of the local pastors that they work with, the seminary, the school, uh, the local health clinic that they work with. Um, they're measuring all of that to determine what is best. And they had been planning that for a little prior to the outbreak of coronavirus. That's right? that's true. Yeah. But it was it's, it's kind of been stepped up a little bit because sure. of the possibility. Well, they're bound to get stuck if if the plans were that. Right, that right. It's difficult for them to move throughout the country freely sure. uh, without you yeah. know safely. So. Um. So that's kind of a, a narrow perspective on one of our missionaries. Matt, could you speak a little bit to the broader picture of what's going on here on the board there at IPM? You deal with a lot of different missionaries. What are we seeing across the world? Obviously, we have missionaries in, in very poor countries, missionaries in more wealthy countries. What is the impact that this is having on missions and on the Great Commission globally? Well, it's been interesting to watch this pandemic shift. You know, it started in China. We have people in, in China, people in Hong Kong. And so mm-hmm. they were dealing with it. And, you know, I, as I said in another interview with you, I was sending masks to them without any regard to whether we would need them here. <laughs> and, uh, you know, then recently, just the other day, we're, we're here making some recordings and things for ministry. And I got a call from my friend, Dr. Michael, who had yes. been here in Indianapolis as a Chinese visiting surgeon doing research in Indianapolis, and I was able to lead him to Christ, and we were able to baptize him here at the church and disciple him, and I even visited him in mainland China about a year ago, and he just calls me with his wife, concerned for us, concerned to see if we're okay. Wow. So here's someone in, in mainland China calling us in America to make sure we're all right. That's the love of the brethren. That's so yeah. so encouraging and just uh, awesome to see that they're continuing continuing to walk with the Lord through this. The reports we have from Hong Kong is that everybody uh, fared very well, actually. Um, the churches in Hong Kong all observed the social distancing requirements and stopped meeting in public and went to the digital meetings like we're doing now. They've been doing that now for months and, and are continuing to do that even today. So they, they believe that that has really helped their, their experience with the health problem. In fact, the pastor I spoke to, the church planner there, doesn't know anyone who has coronavirus. So there he wow. is in Hong Kong. Yeah. Wow. He's in a huge city. He's in the, the, the New York City of China, and he doesn't know anyone that has it. No one in his church has it. None of his acquaintances have it. So, uh, you know, if you're concerned about the virus, that's an encouraging thing. What I was mm-hmm. most encouraged about was what he told me about ministry. He said, we've had people that I'm able to work with that I was never able to work with before. Mm-hmm. He said, we're able to, uh, I, I, I was able to lead a person to Christ and disciple him. 
using digital means that I never had before. We had another person say uh, down in the Caribbean in the other side of Hispaniola in Dominican Republic, mm-hmm. uh, this guy called and uh, he, he emailed us and said, he's one of our church planners, he said he was been working with this believer's son for a long time, this lady had been going to his church, and this son had been resistant to the gospel, and then with all this happening, he, the, the church planner calls him and leads him to Christ on the phone. And uh, mm-hmm. it's awesome to see wow. that those kinds of things happening. So... Uh, you know, we, we sent out a form to IPM missionaries asking, hey, what's, what are you seeing? What's going on? Um, what are your current needs and what are your current praises? And it was awesome to see how God is preserving people. Brother Raymond uh, in the Middle East, who many people listening to this might know, was traveling while all this was happening, flying back to Lebanon. He was grateful that he was able to get home and he happy to report that he has no corona symptoms. And so God's providing that way. We have other missionaries that are saying things like, um, you know, God's meeting needs, although they had secular work that was helping them or church uh, members were giving and that secular work has stopped, God is still meeting needs. Uh, that's really encouraging. And some more fragile economies, and the economy has a lot to do with this. It's not just the bug, really. It's really yeah. how you handle the money. Um, and in some of the more fragile economies, the marketplace economies where people have to work every day in the market selling their produce or whatever, um, those economies are getting hit the hardest. And those are the missionaries that are saying, hey, we need help with food. We need help to get funds so we can pr- help these people eat because there isn't food to eat. Um, so that's what we're, we're praying for at IPM and asking the Lord to provide so that we can help those that need f- help with food. Mm-hmm. That's great. So I think... We come to a situation like this, and it's very easy to see the negative and to see the dangers and the problems and the threats. It's encouraging to hear and to be reminded that God is at work, and we should expect that. Amen. We should expect that God's going to be active in the world and that, you know, we say Romans eight twenty eight, all things are working together for good. You think of the example of Joseph when he said, as for you, ye meant evil against me, but God meant it unto good. Um, and yet, sometimes you're almost surprised when, when you hear stories like that and you realize, oh, wow, that, yeah, this really is happening. Ministry is going forward and uh, disciples are being made and the lost are being evangelized. Well, one of the yeah. passages I love to think of in line with that is Jeremiah 9, which is quoted by Paul in 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians, telling us to glory in the Lord. Don't glory in your riches or your might or your wisdom, but glory in the Lord. But the rest of that passage is awesome because it says in Jeremiah 9, uh, that he is the Lord that exercises judgment, loving kindness, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. He loves to do these things. He loves to work. We're not twisting God's arm. God is happy to show judgment, loving kindness, and righteousness in the earth. And we can ask with that, uh, ask for that with expectation. I think one of the benefits of this is that it does take the church and it removes some of our typical areas of strength and it throws us into a whole new realm right. where we have you know, we have no hope but God because mm-hmm. we're not experts at Facebook Live and we're right. not experts at social media. Right. And, you know, a lot of these platforms, it's interesting, churches have been uh, slowly coming on to the, the internet scene more and more, but to be thrown full force into this, I think, puts us in a place where we have to depend on God and to see, and we look at it from a human perspective, and we say, ah, I don't, you know, I don't know how well this is going to work. I've seen some humorous uh, images online, you know, talking about pray for your pastor that his uh, live stream service doesn't look like a capture video type thing. Um, but Yeah, that's all true. But, but you know, it, this is not just for ministry. This is for all Christians. Mm-hmm. You know, all believers get in these ruts and these channels, and we know how to behave in certain places at certain times, right? Mm-hmm. And that's all changed. Like, we have to learn how to live out our faith in, in, a, in a way that we, in a, in a situation that we're not accustomed to doing it in. Right? How can you still be 
a, a faith-forward believer, somebody who's putting their, their, their walk with Christ out in front of other people, when you're not able to come and just talk to church and, and say some Bible verses and, you know, get encouraged, it's, it's got to be like looking at your neighbor and, and not yelling at your kids and, you know, stuff like that that that's becomes harder as we're in a different environment. I appreciate uh, Pastor Phelps has made the emphasis with our staff as we've come together for our staff meetings. What are we doing to push this forward? What are we doing to continue to advance? And I'll be honest, I kind of looked at this and I'm like, okay, we're going to have to kind of hunker down as a church for two to three, you know, two to three months. We'll see how long, you know, even as the economy gets started again, there may still be restrictions on what groups can gather and how large those groups can get. You know, sure. we, don't, we don't know how much longer this is going to be. We'll just kind of wait this out and then we'll get back to, to really pushing. And, you know, when we came into those meetings and his perspective was, no, we, we're not, <laughs> we don't get to take a break from the Great Commission. Right. Just, um, you know, so we have true. all of this technology. And then how do we mobilize our people and encourage them to be reaching out to others and it's encouraging, again, to hear that missionaries are doing that across the world and to know that we are able to do that as well. Um, so just as we kind of wrap things up, what else can we do, anything that we can do to be a help and a blessing uh, to these missionaries? Is, is, there a, is there a way, you know, even as you mentioned, that we have some of these missionaries where they're in economies where it's not, oh, no, where, where am I going to work, which is a real concern, but where am I going to get food to mm-hmm. eat today. Is there any way if people wanted to give or support that, that they could do that? Yes. IPM is doing, and I'm sure many mission boards are, but if they like to help through IPM, they can send a check to IPM. You go to ipmworld.org, and we have a COVID-19 emergency fund where we're getting funds ready to send to people that need food and medicine and things like that. And uh, we'd be happy to do that. And I'm sure um, that here at Colonial, there would be some ways to distribute funds like that too. So if people... And we can get some things to the Bowers and, mm-hmm. and uh, missionaries like that. So, yeah, absolutely. If the Lord puts it on your heart to give, do that. But, you know, people, it's been interesting to see how society at large is responding. And, and people are trying to put out happy content on Facebook instead of mm-hmm. being negative, you know. And I think, I think that our brethren around the world are watching that. Everybody has a mobile phone and everybody has mm-hmm. Facebook. So letting your light shine there, it really is a very good thing. If God puts a hymn on your heart and you want to sing it and put it on Facebook, do it. You know, if you want to send it to some missionaries in a private message just to encourage them, do it. Uh, we're on these Zoom rooms for prayer meeting, midweek, midweek service here, and everybody's saying the verse that God's bringing to them. What a, what an encouragement that is. Yeah. Make a video of yourself, share a verse of the day, mm-hmm. send it to your missionary friends via email or Facebook. Do it. Hmm. Just a week ago, I sent uh, an email to our missionary in Italy, Joey Tacon. He just was on my heart thinking about mm-hmm. what was going on in uh in Italy and thinking, what in the world? How is our missionary doing there? And how is his ministry being impacted? And and I think that's something that we could do personally. We yeah. many many of us have a little extra, little more free time to, to uh, just take a few moments and use that opportunity to to look beyond ourselves, yeah. to look across the world, across the the ocean, uh, uh, to the other side of our own country. And, and identify our missionaries, send them just a short note, note ask, them, uh, ask them what we can do to pray for them. Uh, just let them know you're praying for them. And then, and then do it. Do it as a family. And let this be a ministry as your fa- of your families. Uh, it's been a blessing to my family as I got a response from Joey and, uh, and to hear what God is doing there and, and how the Lord has... He, he's been there, they've been, uh, his family's been in Italy now for five years. And he said that this is, this time right now is the most open 
that he has seen Italy to the gospel preaching in the five years he's been there. And we should rejoice in that and thank the Lord for the opportunity because he's doing a work in the midst of of a trying time. Yeah, I know that... um... Maybe you've seen, if you're a member at Colonia, one of those flip booklets that we have with missionaries. Sure, right, and yes. I know that the, the danger with those is you look at it and you think, oh boy, there's so many missionaries. I, I can't possibly learn them all. I know them all. That's okay. Pick pick two or three. Um, flip through there and you know reach out to a couple of them. And maybe you reach out to a couple different ones next week. Don't feel like, I know that one of uh, my problems that I struggle with in my own personal walk is that I feel like I have to do everything, and if I can't do everything, I feel overwhelmed and I don't do anything. Yeah, you know, that's p- take true. take a couple, take two or three, right. and as a family, just record, you know, a song, and send it to them. Send but an that's email. a that's a key thought. Like we mustn't stop. Our light has to shine. We got to find ways to do it. I know uh, in 2010, we had a, a volcanic a volcano in Iceland, Eyjafjallajökull. If you remember, it erupted and disrupted all kinds of air traffic and. Um, and so we couldn't get to where we wanted to go to do ministry at that time. Then we had a, uh, a storm in New York that caused a lot of outage of banks. They couldn't wire money around the world. And we had mm. eight outbreaks in Africa, people that needed funds to get treatments, and we couldn't send the money over because of a bank outage in New York City because of the <laughs> storm. Right? So there were frustrations of, wow, we can't do this. Uh, but we can always do what we're supposed to do, and we can always right. find that next thing that God wants us to do by faith that will encourage somebody, that will glorify him, that will get the gospel out. We had a missionary pass away in early uh, or late February in Ivory Coast. And I'm, I was supposed to be uh, part of the team that would go over at some point to uh, encourage his widow, who's, who's there with their children, and encourage that ministry. And I can't go, right? And we can't be there doing that. Uh, but we're finding other ways to help encourage them and, mm-hmm. and finding ways to stay connected with them. And, and we can do that. And so we're going to do that. We're going to keep moving that forward to encourage them, glorify God around the world. All right. Well, thank you, Matt. Thank you, Herb. I uh, appreciate you both coming on. Again, if you're listening uh, and maybe you're a member of Colonial, uh, look at reaching out to some of our missionaries. Pray for them. Connect with them. I know uh, Wednesday night we had our Zoom meeting and we had a testimony from Hadessa Breckert. And she was just overwhelmed by the amount of support and the encouragement and the prayers of God's people that were coming in for her and the, the text messages. She said her phone was just blowing up with people letting her know that they were praying for her. Uh, praise the Lord. That, that's awesome. That's, that's the church doing what the church needs to do. Uh, our missionaries, they need us. They always need us and they always need our prayers. But uh, during this time, probably more than ever, uh, they need our, our support and prayers. And um, just what an encouragement as well as we think about the fact that God is still at work. And the gospel is going forward and the gospel is advancing. And this is, this is a, a, a critical time in the history of the church because there is, I, I think we're going to see what we saw in Italy, what we are seeing in Italy. I think we're going to see elsewhere where people are more open to the gospel uh, because of what's going on, where they're asking questions, uh, the big questions of, okay, well, what is all this all about? If we've set this whole system up and one little virus can bring it all crashing down, what are we really putting our hope and faith in? And so... Uh, use this as an opportunity to reach out to our missionaries, be an encouragement to them, and to be a testimony and a light in, the, in your community as well. This podcast has been a ministry of Colonial Hills Baptist Church, a church home for all people. If what you've heard has been an encouragement to you, please subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. If you'd like to connect with Colonial or find more resources, you can find us online at colonialindy.org. You can also check us out on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for joining us today, and we hope to see you next time on the Colonial Hills Podcast.